You're listening to Season 5 of Views from the Bridge, your second favorite podcast about the Philadelphia Union. Views from the Bridge is part of the Beautiful Game Network. For soccer writing, content, and other information, check out bgn.fm. Now let's get right to it. Do we want to be a good team, or do we want to be f***ing great? I can read the thing. I get it. Yeah, now it's going. Hello, welcome to Views from the Bridge, your second favorite podcast about the Philadelphia Union, who are soon to be your second favorite MLS team, maybe. Who knows? We'll talk about it. Um, Not this season. Most of the time, your host, Evan Valala. Maybe that's why we're bad this year. I don't know. Conspiracy theory. Um, Gang's all here. He's modern baseball. It's Paul Catrino Jr. It's true. I am modern baseball. Yeah. No, there is no... You will have no fight from me. Mm-hmm. Um, he's annoyed that uh, most of the teams playing in U.S. Open Cup didn't want you to watch their games, but that's okay because no one cares until, MS- uh, until MLS gets there. Anyway, it's just an Ashcraft. Uh, yeah, my USL team didn't play, so I don't really yeah, care about so the, that, right, actually. Well, they were supposed to, <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> Jamie nice. Vardy was not available for Western New York fold. Um, you come to Justin Ashcraft. You come with your research. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's not my fault that Rochester decided to quit being a franchise again. Okay? <laughs> no, it's not but your they fault. They weren't going to do it this time. They swear. Well, yeah, swore. they they were. They're going to be back. They're going to be back. Hey, um, speaking of being back, back with his takes, back wearing the season pass hoodie. It's Chuck with here. <laughs> Corporate shill, Chuck Booth. Apparently can't figure out the right angles for VAR. Uh, maybe you should talk to someone in the office about that. But nevertheless, gags all here. Hi, Chuck. Yeah, I will. Um, yeah, we'll pass that up to the complaint line and uh, see how far it gets and if it gets me um, banned from covering the league. What's the next like? What's the next level of MLS season pass swag that they're going to give you? Like, are you going to show up in like a track jacket next week? Um, I mean, considering some of the stuff that they just sent to the house last year, including um, like Paul's current Amazing. cleat bag. Um, cleat bag, nice. Right. Who knows what? Yeah. Who knows what just random stuff they're gonna just roll up with. You'll get like MLS season pass PSA preacher or something. I mean, they 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 have already sent a <laughs> DC United jersey before, which was kind of funny. Almost the same thing. It was technically the closest MLS team to me living in Baltimore, so it's, it's I, true. I, I it's true. give give them a pass on that. Mm. Mm. Uh, hey, speaking of getting a pass, the Philadelphia Union. Um, <laughs> Bad, do they, bad start to the season. I don't know. Do they? I, I think that's why we're here. I don't think they do, guys. I mean, I know it's been a little weird, but this isn't it. No, it's not. <laughs> um, are we gonna talk about the weekend travesty, or just do our best to plan, pretend as if it didn't happen? I I. <sighs> Like I don't know on a on an item to item basis, I guess we can talk about it. But the, I, don't, I don't think anyone needs us to talk about a nil nil as Paul shows us his cat, which is better already than. The oh yeah, no, game. that's much better. 
Um, I mean, no, no game has made me want to claw my eyes out the way that that cat is currently clawing. Um, good at that cactus. Good, yeah, um, very good. Much, much like that one. And yeah. what's great now is since we're on YouTube, you'll get the um, visual references to our audio now. It's true. It's true. And what was great was that since you had MLS season pass, you could have turned to any other game <laughs> and just watch that. And have been fine. Um, the uh, the only thing I will say about this game is I'm pretty sure that Jose Martinez and uh, Graham Zuzzi were having a let's see how far into the river end we can send the ball contest. <laughs> yeah, like oh, as far. I feel like this game is one that will just be lost in the eyes of time. In That's in in Union, as it should be. It, it really. Just wholly unmemorable. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. This cat's great. Uh, the union are good. This cat's great. Someone else pick up the soccer. <laughs> um, at, uh, I mean, Andre Blake's back and they kept the clean sheet. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. Which, which is the best, the best timeline. I mean, this the, it is a game. That really just shows you how much of a liability Joe Bendick is, because everything around Andre Blake, and even at times Andre Blake, was chaos. Um, yes. And the Union get a point because of having a competent keeper in net. And that really has been the difference in um, like losing these previous games, and I mean, that'll still continue when we get to CONCACAF Champions League and Andre Blake literally being taken out um, and yeah. the union not conceding a goal. I will say, too, I think um, uh, this game, well, both games, but but the game against Kansas City, too, like, again, just show how good Jacob Glesnes actually is at the game of soccer. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty good. And um, what else did it show on how bad someone is at the game of soccer to start this year? Joe Bendick? <sighs> no, that uh that left-sided I mean, midfielder green, that um we we don't need to see for the foreseeable future. Wow. Teenage Heartthrob? Yeah. Not that one. Um <laughs> I don't want to see him either. You're bro. already there, Chuck. You're you're already there, are you? I mean, he, he wasn't good in this game either, and he hasn't been good all season. So yeah, it's I'm, like when, I've been he, when he's not, yeah, when he's not defending, what does he do? Uh, yeah, I, this turnaround has been certainly eye-opening, considering how reliable we've considered him to be in these past eighteen months or so. Yeah, I mean, it's especially unfortunate when like. One of one of the great things that the union did was pressing off the ball. And he specifically was key to doing that. And just like the cohesion, even though it's literally the same players on that side of the, the pitch, like the cohesion between like stepping at the same time and then making sure that you know, one pass can't just go through all of you. Um, 
it's just not there. And yeah, if he's not providing that, then someone who can actually attack should play in his place. Luckily, um, that was something that Jim Curtin hurt. And then we played Atlas, and oh boy, <laughs> Justin, why don't you go ahead? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all yours, buddy. Okay, so we scored on a PK, which I guess is fine. Yeah. Uh, that it's almost a win. that almost didn't go in. By the way, I will say uh, it was pretty close to not going in. Um, but there was a legitimate shout for four more of them. One that actually got looked at that was probably should have been called. Another one that never actually got looked at, that never even, got, like, even though it hit uh, Robles, I think, in the hands, uh, you know, and that never got looked at. And then there was probably three or four, you know, Carranza spent half the game on the ground in the box, but apparently none of those were ever a foul. So, uh, and then the one that was six inches outside the box all of a sudden is a uh, red card foul. So I don't really know what the difference between that and any other uh, any other foul in that game was, but well, the fourth one was a makeup, so you got to get it all in at the end there. Of course, Perfect. it is what it is. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's uh, it's it's a one 0 win. Andre Blake looked quite good. Evergreen statement. Um, yeah, the, the the Christmas tree was was back ish, so that was nice. Um, I don't know, you didn't give up a an away goal. Uh, Atlas fans are apparently um, very good with threats. I guess I don't know how to say that in a in a non vaguely incriminating way. <laughs> <laughs> I also don't really want to say anything. Uh, I mean, here's here's they're where... having they're having fun with banter on the internet. There we go. Here's what I will say about the game. <laughs> I I thought the game was fairly well played by the union. I think what happened in the first half was the union got, um, other than the referee calls, got concacaffed in the sense that they, I think got playing the game that Atlas wanted to play. Uh, And so Atlas was fouling, doing all their stuff. The union were getting flustered by it, getting frustrated by the fact that there wasn't any calls. I think in the second half, well, right at the end of the first half, obviously the red card finally comes out. Um, Probably could have come out more than that, but finally comes out. And the, I think the union settled into the game at that point in time and it's easy to do when you're up a man but we've also seen the union get up a man and then forget how to play and that didn't happen last night they actually kept playing the game and actually dominated the game after that um and unfortunately uh Carranza Ure Gazdag can't still seem to figure it out of how to put the ball in the back of the net but there were so many close calls. You know, I mean, Gleznez hit a nice one from, you know, his second free kick of the game was gorgeous. Um, you know, there are several other good saves by uh, their keeper. Uh, and I, 
I thought the Union played fairly well after after halftime. When you have to compare it against how well of an offensive season they had last year, it's always going to be hard to replicate that. But it doesn't seem like it's just a level removed from that. It seems like it's a few. You know, they they certainly haven't been as clinical as they've shown that they can be. And I think that's the tough part, is that you have to manage the expectation of what you saw last season was, like, transcendentally one of the best union seasons, or teams that you've had in terms of offensive output and defensive stout. Well, not, not even one of them. It was it was the yeah. I mean, by by every by yeah, every, every metric. Um, yes. Yeah. It's you like, yeah. I, I mean, um, try I try to give a semblance of an inch to give, but like, yeah, you're right. It, it was the greatest season the union have ever had. So bring yourself to the level of how do you do that every single year and get better? You. It's hard to do. It's really, really hard to do. Um, well, I mean, that's to... where you don't, unless, like, realistically, I mean, this is where a team like Manchester City, for example, and I know you can't do what they do in MLS, but they're a good team to look at because it's like no matter what they do, and I know they still haven't reached the biggest high that they want in winning Champions League, they say fuck you, you turn 30, I'm not signing you to a new contract, and then replace people. Um, and it's always just, what can you do for me in the future, not what have you already done for me at clubs like that. And eventually, like that's where the union are going to need to go if they're going to keep competing at just the top end of MLS. Um, not necessarily saying that like that's the issue necessarily starting the season but at least like some of that in being too slow to make changes because like even like realistically considering what we saw from Damian Lowe last night like stopping everything like literally everything um because hit like his mobility is something else and Right now, with the performances that we've seen out of Jack Elliott, like you can make a strong case that we should see more Damian Lowe. And it's just like when you have a team that's this deep, the second that anyone's performance drops off, they need to be out of the lineup. And that's the one thing that as great of a coach that Jim Curtin is, he hasn't mm. shown the ruthlessness to make changes that are necessary in mm-hmm. scenarios like this. Well, and to your to your point, actually, so to Chuck's point first, like, with the Pep thing, like, that's how you end up with, like, John Stones is a midfielder now, and it works because he fits the system, and that's just what it is. And it's like, if Damian Lowe is the second-best center back on the team, then that's what he is, and that's where he should play. Um, what's unfortunate is that you're not gifted with that kind of depth up top, really-ish, and so you can't necessarily do that with your forwards. But to Paul's point, like it's not even just the union. That was a a one of, if not the best, MLS attacking seasons ever. And I think what makes it harder for us and for fans of the team and probably the team itself is to go, but no one 
is not here except for Corey that was here last year. And I don't think that was the biggest issue. I don't think it's like, oh, no, we don't have Corey Burke. It's it's just that, oh, no, our guys that are supposed to be scoring all the time can only hit penalty kicks. And that's not sustainable. I, I mean, I do think that we don't have Corey Burke is showing, though, because we've seen it. Yeah, we've seen it least two games where it's made a big difference. Um, it shouldn't have to be on Corey Burke. Don- no, but when Chris Donovan is starting a fucking soccer game, it is <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it really is, and like, and you definitely do get to those points Sorry, of like, Chris. why is Donovan starting over your talented academy players? And I think that's a very real conversation that we need to have. That also just stems back to Jim Kerr digging as deep as he needs to into this roster because. Letting letting Burke let go, no one expected that to mean more minutes for Donovan. Not at the time. Yeah. No. Not, not at the time at all. Now, 100%. And this is a great time to announce our one-on-one sit-down interview next week. Chuck will be talking to Chris Donovan at length. <laughs> Listen, not go off. For you don't know minutes. the reach of yeah. my ambition to make this happen. I, we have gotten <laughs> Ray Gaddis onto this podcast. It's episode one of Mr. No. Bridges. It's our new miniseries with Chuck Booth. It's called Fuck Them Kids. Hey, I mean, it's, it's, it's fine. Where... We can just talk <laughs> about um, go, going to school at neglected um, City 6 since Drexel wants to pretend to be a Big 5 school and right. LaSalle is slipping from being a Big 5 school. Um, <laughs> okay. Here we go. Oh, my God. This is not the topic of the podcast. No, but I mean, uh, when, when you're playing soccer like this, it is. <laughs> That's I have a lot to say. Your move, your move, front office communications Kyle. person. If you don't want us to talk about the podcast Kyle. like this, you're gonna have to start playing. Better. Get ready to skim through some stupid audio. Um, it's Paul's cat. It's Chuck talking about the Big Five in Philly. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. Justin's going to talk about putting French fries in sandwiches next. And you're going to have to listen to that, too. Um, no. no. <laughs> anyway, so they beat Atlas. Um, and then Cincinnati is this week out, in case you want an example of the number one something that can either make everyone feel better about themselves or. Also, yeah. well, still on Atlas, I mean, it doesn't feel like a win. I know it is one, but like only only winning that by one goal before going away to Atlas just does not feel any sort doesn't of doesn't sound great. No. I don't I don't know. I actually disagree with you about that, Chuck, because I think what like the amount of the amount of one on ones or two on ones or two on twos that that Atlas forced in the first half, that Blake made saves, Damian Lowe obviously had one of the best defensive games that I've seen in a long time. Gleznes obviously is what he is. Um, I think for me that it could have gone into halftime three, one, three, two, a bunch of different scores. Uh, and, and Blake and low and, and Gleznes kept them off the board. Uh, I think, you know, you think about the one <laughs> Damian Lowe basically taking out Andre Blake, uh, you know, that ball goes in. We're talking about a totally different game. 
So I think offensively it feels frustrating because this whole season has been frustrating offensively for the Union uh, because in the second half we should have been able to score maybe two or three goals. But I think based on the whole game and the way the whole game played out, to me it definitely feels like a win. You're going back with a one nothing win. You get one goal early in, in Guadalajara, and all of a sudden they have to score three. And so I think, you know, I think it's it's a totally different conversation if we're coming out of that game zero zero, we're coming out of the game, you know, down a goal. Um, all of a sudden, you know, we have to score a lot too. So I think, like, uh, to me, it feels like a win. Uh, to me, it feels better than what the weekend felt like. Uh, to me, oh, it def- shows the, like <laughs> the value of Jack I would, feels, I, would, I would hope it feels better than the weekend. If it feels worse than the weekend, that um, there's some examining that needs to be done. Um, and yes, uh, for our podcast that seems to be just bent on standing Jack McGlynn at this stage because he's just not getting the playing time that he deserves. Because that's a boy. I mean, just uh, I'm going to start standing Cal Kevin Sullivan. Thank you. Hold on a second now. Uh, We're not. If he can beat the Arsenal, he can beat anybody. We don't stand Jack McGlynn because of subjective reasons. We stand Jack McGlynn. That's not what I. Wait. I didn't say that. No, I just, I just like said that. we're Ginger's standing man. Jack McGlynn. So, and by using that in that, you still agreed with that. I'm gonna... like, our reasons is because he's really goddamn good at soccer and needs to, and the lineup clearly is better at attacking and creating chances when he's in it, especially and... when. They don't have the number one chance creator on the team, and that's exactly why Jack to your point gets stamped. That's why Jack McGlynn. I think Blue's just a good color on him, and I think that's a really okay. legitimate reason uh, to like him. I'm gonna actually talk about soccer. Jesus. <laughs> okay, fine. If you must. I think. Uh, I mean, I think for me, like, probably the biggest thing on the attacking side of the field that I'm, I'm wondering is Car- Carranza. Carranza seems to put his footprint on a game. He had his footprint all over that game last night and just like one or two more fouls get called and and we probably have a different conversation about that game. Um, But I think the, the problem for me right now is it between Bedoya, Flock, Gazdag, and Ure, it doesn't feel like any of them are willing to put their foot down on a game and make a difference in the game. And that, that, that to me is like, Ure does a lot of running for sure, but I don't feel like he ever, like, it's like at some point, come find the ball. Like, come get the ball from midfield and, and, and go forward with it. Or come do something to to put your stamp on the game. And I think uh, Gazdog's, I think, doing what he can, but he's playing with a lot of seemingly ineffective people around him. Um Bedoya is what he is at this point, and I'm fine with it. But Flock, I feel like, you know, at that point, you need to figure out how to put your stamp on a game and make a difference. You know what I mean? And that's – those guys, I, I feel like it's just – that's the frustrating part right now is not that they're not necessarily scoring. It's just feel like they're not even making a difference in the game. Um, and, yeah, and that's all – that, and that's almost where, like, I wonder if Damian Lowe's mobility and, like, being able to win the ball higher up the field than where Elliot currently does. Um, 
could make a difference in helping with that because yeah. with because like with what the with what everyone does like they want to go on the break Gosdog wants to shoot and not create so we need to figure out a way to let them do that because there is really no option of where those three players don't play a lot of minutes well, and that's what I'm saying is I think when Jack McGlynn's in the game, we don't have to go on the break every time. Like, McGlynn can uh, – I think what he did last night, the way that he can actually settle the ball down and play a little bit through the midfield is going to – like, he's going to come back and get the ball from Martinez. He's going to come back and look for those passes and then try to turn and go forward. Um, and – that's, I mean, that's where I think he's he's needed in the game. And to go back to your point about, like, to go back to your point about Corey Burke, the thing that Corey Burke would have brought the game brought to last night's game is the same thing that Damian Lowe, a ton of Concacaf experience, like he knows how to get down and dirty in Jamaica. Like it, it's that's the thing, and Damian Lowe knows how to do <laughs> it too. Andre Blake knows how to do it, and so like, how do you, you know, can you? find that person who knows you know Carranza seems to know how to do it too so it's like we need those people who are not afraid to take a foul here and there not afraid to push people around a little bit um Ure is a big dude and he doesn't seem to be able to show that at all at all you know Yeah, Ure, it'll be – there is times where I'm like he definitely like gave that guy a shoulder or sort of, you know, was running for a ball and kind of held up to initiate contact a little bit to create space. But, like, he doesn't play the way that a Corey Burke or Damian – like, like bigger uh, – like, like, Kai Kamara is a really good example. And not that he's that big, but, like – just that kind of bruiser like if worse comes to worse there's a 50 50 ball on the ground you're gonna push a guy off of it and if you get a foul call against you all right cool but if you don't then okay well that's mine and there's a there's a eight times out of ten for kai and, and teal bunbury and a couple other guys wando another really good example of just like <laughs> i'm putting you on the floor and then i'm gonna score great thanks and like when you have a team that has kind of these fits and starts of like, we can't score. I think you need a guy that can just kind of go, that's mine. And I'm going to score. And, and we seemingly don't have that or the guy that you would think, you know, you could point to and go, he's kind of big. Doesn't really do well, that. We, we do have it. Just unfortunately, he also does stupid things and gets red carded for them because it's Julian Carranza. <laughs> well, yeah. It also shows like, like Martinez is is the player that does that and like is very Concacafy in the way that he plays. And what's nice about him playing in these games versus MLS is fifty percent of the fouls that he makes in MLS aren't called in Concacaf, so he can. Yeah, I was gonna say there's the a little more leniency to. for his bullshit. Um, it is what it is, man. 20, it is what it 20, is. 20, 26 can... minutes into this podcast, and I feel like we're done. <laughs> I feel like we've yeah. talked about uh, it at all. Well, I don't, I mean, I think, I don't I think, think anyone wants to seriously like talk about the weekend because 
just uh, kind of whatever happens happens i've already resigned yeah. to losing to cincinnati so sure yeah um no i think justin to your point i think leon flock has been passive at best yeah. this year um and at his worst uh might as well not be on the field um and that's fine i guess um yeah, other than that, the numbers don't look very promising if you look at it from since this team has made the playoffs. It's really not been good. Uh, obviously, you can kind of throw away last year as an outlier just because the team was what it was, which was one of the best soccer teams in North American soccer history, probably. Um, but it's just, it's weird because it's like there's champions in success, but I also don't feel like anyone does a good enough job of explaining why that's important and very cool. And also it feels like you're just kind of waiting to face one of the big Liga Emma Keith sides and then kind of get led to the slaughter once you play the away fixture. Um, but, you know, who knows? No, I think... we, don't, we don't do that anymore. It's true, but it's... I, I don't know. Orlando I think almost it, beat I, the, the one of the big Liga MX sides. I mean, very fair. I think for me, like kind of where you started there was this season has been weird. And that's why I'm kind of okay where the Union are right now. Like, we're what, six games into the MLS season? We're three, three games into CONCACAF Champions League. I think like... We're not even a third of the way through the season as far as MLS play goes. Um, obviously, you still have Open Cup. You still have League's Cup. You still have CCL game. You know, like you still have all this stuff coming up. And so I'm totally okay with this team kind of floundering through the first half of the season. One, because nine teams make the playoffs. And two, because I still think this team, because we haven't rotated players, because we've added guys, and we didn't talk about them really, but we've added guys like Joaquin Torres. Like, I don't, I don't think we, I don't think the Union are a place where like, oh, this season's a wash already, and we should expect to finish in tenth place and not make the playoffs, and maybe we make a deep U.S. Open Cup run. I don't see that being the way this season plays out. I just, but at some point, the Union need to start turning it around, and this weekend would be a great time to do that. There you go. Yeah, there's your line. Add to that. <laughs> Great. At VFTV Pods, tell us how much you're panicking right now. We're done. That's it for another episode of Season 5 of Views from the Bridge. You can find us all over the internet Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at VFTV Pods. Did you enjoy the show and want to show your support? There are two ways. You can head to DesignTree at dsgntree.com slash vftb for our latest merch. Or buy Sabir at ko-fi.com slash vftbpod. Thanks for listening and your support. Views from the Bridge is a podcast of the Beautiful Game Network. For Evan Villela, Chuck Booth, and Paul Catrino, I'm Justin Ashcraft, signing off.